Knockout Ginger, episode 61 with John Maharaj. This is part two. Maybe go back and listen to part one. Thanks for coming out. F all the haters. I'm not sure if I swim or sink, but I, I don't have the skills to... I don't have the skills to go into a situation like that and go, okay, I'm going to swim for sure. Right. You know? See, that's, I know in my own development, those skills, yeah. I know that it was a conscious choice to yeah. pursue that because I felt like, what am I trying to say? I don't, I remember in, like, it was a conscious choice because I was like, well, I don't know if I have anything interesting to say yet, but if I can just, um, internalize as much stuff tangible quantifiable stuff mm. as possible I'll be able to function until I have something to say and then a couple decades went by and so it's like you know what I'm saying it's like I just uh, I mean I'm glad to have those skills I'm happy I mean those those skills I, I, it's not like I'm um, bemoaning the career I have had or have, but it definitely, uh, when I look at what happened and why it's clear and it's clear why those decisions were made because I was coming at it from a pragmatic point of view of how to make a living. It, it was, right. that was always in it. I like the, the actual, how do I support myself doing this? Right. And it's probably because of upbringing, like, and I, you know, because just what we had and what we didn't have when I was growing up. I mean, I was just like, well, I don't want to fucking do that again. It's not, it's not like I had a, it wasn't bad. It's just, we didn't, you know, it was fine. But I know that one of the things like my mom was like really big on like, well, you got to figure out how to do it. You got to fucking do it. You yeah. gotta, and it was like, you know, she, she worked and I worked, I, you know, started working as soon as I was legally allowed with, you know, working in a deli, working in a meat department, all that stuff. I did the same thing. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> I, did did, the, I did the deli at Fortino's in Burlington. Dude, my mom loves Fortino's. Like, yeah, I didn't do Fortino's. I worked at a place called Valley View Farms in Meadowville. Yeah. And I worked for, I, so check this out. There were three, I was like a butcher's assistant, deli hop, whatever. Uh, you know what the butcher's names were? All three of them? John. <laughs> I shit you not. <laughs> The main guy was this guy, his name, I swear to fucking God, his name was John. And these guys, these butchers. Shout out John. Thanks for listening. Well, don't, I, uh, John was a kind of a racist asshole. Okay, I'll cut he's, it out. He's the first person in my memory who ever used a racial slur against me. And I was like, whoa. I mean, I guess that's true, but what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> asshole. Like, I just never been referred to as that. And then I was just like, oh, I guess that's. I guess that's how you see me. But yeah, fuck that guy. He's probably dead. Um, sorry, listeners. Uh, but these, <laughs> well, that got real. But uh, I mean, so these guys would go, there was a bar at the, so it was like one of those, you know, suburban strip malls. And so Valley View Farms and the Tim Hortons were on one end and this bar called, uh, what's the name in Gone with the Wind or Casablanca? It's, it's Rhett Butler, right? Or something. Anyway, this place was called Butt Rettlers. <laughs> And these guys would go over and they'd get sloshed and they'd come back and they'd cut meat. 
and then of course I guess torment me or whoever right. else is working but um yeah what are we talking about work yeah I've always loved having jobs yeah me too so like I I figured out pretty early on that I wanted to keep it like separate yeah like I I want a job I mean I wasn't preparing to have like a it wasn't going to be like a lawyer or something but I acknowledged the idea pretty early on that if I was going to be happy playing music I sort of had to have kind of a a shit job on this however many days a week to right. support myself. I, f- I figured out pretty early that that was the path I wanted to go down because like, it, I mean, how many in my, for myself, like one wedding a summer was just devastating. Like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. You know, and hats off to the people who can do that yeah. and still keep themselves. Yeah. Cause that takes a strong yeah and like there's certain there's certain people where i'll do it absolutely like chris platt plays a lot of weddings and stuff and mm. if, if he asks me to do a gig i i'll i jump on it right away because i know it'll be like at but, the very least hysterical but like, doing you know. the cocktails at the wedding is way different than doing the wedding <laughs> doing the cocktails right. i like doing the cocktails if you if you're with good people yeah and it's a good hang it's yeah. like yeah it's it's doing ceremony the, and, and the gig yeah. like that da- that shit is it's crazy it's fucking hard work it's a lot yeah and then it's like chris's by the time we get to the wedding it's like chris's fourth gig of the day right and i'm like how are you doing and he's just having the greatest time of his life which yeah. is it's awesome that's what we're and whatever no absolutely no judgment in either direction no like i think we're both clearly looking at this yeah. with admiration yeah yeah um but I just found out that that wasn't for me. And then next thing you know, I end up at like, I mean, I'm being, I'm exaggerating for sure, but I just end up at fucking free jazz school in New York. And I'm just like, the right. snowball keeps on snowballing, right. as they say, or whatever. And, uh, here we are. I, I'm, uh, unemployable in every in every direction, you know? Yeah. Well, that's so how, that's how we... <laughs> dude, I feel like I put all my eggs in this one basket and it was, it seemed, it was totally for me the right choice until the second that it became clear that I put all my eggs in the wrong basket and now mm-hmm. I'm just like, the basket for me of being like, honestly, like right now, and this is, I want to preface this because uh, I know it's so easy for people to be like, oh, the music industry, whatever. I have... The music industry is what the music industry is. It's always in flux. It's always going to be the same thing. Yeah. It's always going to be the same thing. I've just lately, I'm wondering if I can handle it. You know what I mean? It's, it's not the industry's fault. It's not, I mean, as yeah. performing artists, really, we've been living everything leading up to the pandemic. If you think about what life was, it was absurdly. I don't want to say easy because it's not easy for everyone, but in terms of what you could do as a performing artist, you, you, in, in many ways, it's kind of limited only by your imagination in ways that had never been up to that point in history. Right. I mean, I'm not saying everything was perfect, but when you look back on it compared to what we, the shit sandwich we've been eating for the last two years, it was, I would say, it was it was a bounty yeah you know yeah things were 
Yeah. When I'm, I moved back and I, th- and I thought to myself, if, okay, if this is going to be how this is going to go, mm-hmm. this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And it fucking disappeared real quick. It disappeared real quick. <laughs> and then like, and right now, you know, people have moved away and, uh, and I, and I feel like things will, there's always going to be a hunger for it. Absolutely. Mm. But with come from away closing again, it's not about come from away. It's never been about come from away, but places like this, the wrecks that we're in have a symbiotic relationship, the jazz bistro. It's a relationship that is, it doesn't exist on an Island. None of these places do right. Like restaurants, the restaurants on King street do not exist because they're exceptional culinary experiences. They exist and they thrive because they're close to other destinations. And so people go you're paying money for the subway. You're going to go have dinner. You're going to go see a show. Maybe if the show finishes early, like that one did, maybe you come by the Rex to catch a set. Mm. So everybody wins. Somebody gets a night of dinner and entertainment. These places stay open. People, It's like this sort of utopia that we didn't even realize we were in. And now with those things closing down with like that, like I don't, you know, there might be something in there. Whatever's happening at the Ed Mervish Theater, it's like, the jazz bistro or when it was the Senator needed that venue because you'd get the people coming in for the second and third set after the show who would talk over the band. And we all knew this, yeah. but we knew that that was what was bankrolling yeah. the establishment so that it could go on. Right. And the talking through the set is easy. Also like an extra, like when you know you're going to get a talking set, it's kind of like, it's almost like the pressure there's a little bit of pressure that goes away and like a little bit of freedom opens up. You can kind of, yeah. I mean, I'm not good. We're not going to go into the jazz bistro and full on experiment, but there's no. a, there's an element of like, yeah, let's see what happens. Let's kinda, see what happens. You know? It's a stage. Yeah. There's people. I really like the talking shows now and again, you know, like that's a, I don't even remember it. Man. Yeah. That's it's another thing. Like, but I don't remember the joy of playing a set that nobody's listening to. But there's enough people in the room that you can say we played to a room and nobody gave a shit. Mm. I didn't realize what a privilege that was until it was taken away. You know, it's like, and and I don't know when that's coming back. When are you going to be able to play for an ambivalent room? Like (laughs) all these little things that never seemed that that we used to bitch about. And now I'm just like, oh man, wouldn't it be nice to play for a room of people that didn't even want to be there? They just walked in. Yeah. Just the, the the coincidence of that, like, wasn't that nice? It was, yeah. <laughs> it was the nicest, and I th- I don't know. I'm not sure about what's gonna happen, but it f- it certainly feels like we're wrapping this shit up. <laughs> like yeah, the government's I, just kind of like, all right, go, yeah, get back to it, and and. I don't know. I just don't know what we're doing yeah. at the moment. If you, yeah, I mean, there's this, uh, the rhetoric is, well, we have to learn to live with it. It's like, well, yeah, that's what I've been doing for the last two years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like, I went to play hockey last night, and we're sitting there in the dressing room. Like, everyone's trying to be responsible. We're sitting there in the dressing rooms with our masks off, and some guy goes, so we're wearing masks now, but we're not going to wear them out there. And we were all just like, yeah, yeah, I guess. 
I guess so. Yeah. And then like 10 minutes later, we're on the ice inhaling each other's bullshit. Yeah. So I don't know, like, and it wasn't until I was on the ice where I went, should I have come to this? Yeah. I know, right? But, and I've had three boosters and probably COVID. Yeah. Not three. I've got a, three needles and. Yeah. Totally. Well, that's what's crazy, right? It's like they, so Kathleen just got a memo yesterday from the hospital where they've updated protocols to, to reflect that you might live in a household where everybody's been infected and boosted and vaccinated. Yeah. It's like, where was that like a month ago? Like I've already, I, I lost a little bit of work last, I was supposed to play here last Monday. I was supposed to adjudicate at one of the schools, but I, when I filled in the form at the school, honestly, I was barred from setting foot on campus and the same thing, I would not have been allowed to come in here because at that point, even though I like the fucking guy, COVID wants nothing to do with me, at least for the next few months, yeah. the wording of the questionnaires, like of anything is just like, no, you, you can't do anything. And then even like, okay, listeners, I just want you to know I'm not a COVID denier. <laughs> I am pro vaccine. I am pro public health, but even the passports now. So I think it's been made pretty clear in the last six weeks that this new flavor of COVID just goes right around, goes right through the vaccine. And, and that's fine because we knew those of us who were following this shit, like I used to read a lot more news and I had to stop because I was getting really messed up. Me too. But I remember when the vaccines came out right from the outset, it was stated that they would not necessarily stop infection, but they would keep you out of the hospital and keep you from dying. Yeah. I feel like that message should have been made explicit to everyone instead of just saying vaccine. Because it's not like the measles vaccine where you're, where you're stopping people from getting it from each other. It just means you're going to keep them from dying or getting really sick. Yeah. And so now, like, unless I'm missing something, like, why are we making sure that everybody in a room, if, if we know it's, if somebody's infected, it could be easily missed on a self-administered rapid test. And then they can come into a room and infect everybody. If everybody's boosted and whatever, you can still get infected. Yeah. So to me, it seems like, well, I think we need to rethink that so that the people working in these places are no longer doing like three jobs, having to screen people and then seat them at their table and do all this stuff. I've been saying it for, for months. Right. You know? But like, like we have <laughs> proof based on what happened to the population. Like, yeah. what is it? We're like 90% vaccinated yeah, i think as of like, yesterday it was like 90.6 percent yeah like which is pretty it has to be among the highest in the world it's pretty outstanding yeah. it's pretty out this despite how i feel like the news i consume is making me feel like we're in trouble and the sky is falling yeah. and that the people who are anti make up a huge portion we're actually doing very well yeah on that front but if they don't block infection, that's fine. But let's rethink all our po policy based on that reality, which we have identified in the last month based on how many people got sick. Like, but proportionately didn't wind up in the hospital or dead. Yeah. Right? Like that is a victory that is overshadowed by the muddy communication about everything else. Like, yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't create public. I'm not a politician. I'm just some guy who used to play bass, but like, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. There, there must be one or two, uh, 
thinkers on those panels. Well, one person just raised their hand. Uh, guys, um, uh, I think we might need to... Because, if again, like... Because I feel like that's what's causing people to mistrust the vaccine. It's like, well, they don't work. Yeah. It's like, well, no, they're doing what they said they would do, but just it wasn't communicated clearly to you what they do. So... Uh, fuck like what are we doing so but we're still checking people in passports so we're gonna hold up the i don't know i'm sorry man this no <laughs> no this is it this is you're saying you're saying exactly what i've been saying for like i've been incredibly grateful to work here right i love my pre-covid i love my job yeah this is the greatest place ever can't say enough good things about the people that like the ross family and tom yeah how they oh, take yeah. care of me like so so thrilled that i'm involved in this place but i'm also very upset that like somehow the government has tricked me into being somewhat of a public health person yeah on top of my stressful job you know, know. it's it's like it well, like especially really bothers now, me like i'm just like wondering what's the vibe like when you're checking people's passports it's like i mean Look, I'm have if if that's what it takes to keep this place open. Yeah, I'll sh- like I, I'm not going to resist. Yeah. I will happily do whatever needs to happen to keep places like this yeah. open. What are we doing? Barefoot? Like, yeah. like what? You, you need me to like you know take all my clothes <laughs> off and run around three times? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Is it going to keep the doors open? Great. Yeah. Let's do it. But like the rules that are being imposed are not caught up to the reality that we find ourselves in. And, and that's not being in denial of anything. That's just like, well, we need to adjust in a significant way how if we actually want to keep places like this open and we actually give a shit about the performing arts and we actually give a shit about the hospitality industry, yeah. let's figure out a way to do this that actually works for everyone. Yeah. I, on one hand, some things are getting figured out because so many of the shows here are funded now right like all i think all of the 5:30 shows except for the mondays and then a couple evening a couple late shows each week are are funded so like right. in a certain from a certain angle someone's helping yeah whether it's factor or the government or sure. whatever but i think that we still got some nuts and bolts to iron out or whatever the yeah iron out the yeah like i feel like there needs to be robust government support for the arts because if we don't have performing arts what the fuck is it all for like what and i realize the inherent contradiction of me being like i don't know what it's all about but at the same time we need this but we really do because when we all when society as we know it sinks into the ocean and thousands of years from now, somebody digs up the remnants of our civilization. They're sure as shit not going to be talking about the economy. Mm, yeah, like I mean, uh, one of my teachers in New York was like, "No one moves. No one moves here because of the banks." Yeah. Like what you're like, it was, he was like kind of scolding us to take ourselves a little bit more seriously. He was like, "People are here because of people like you." So yeah. Straight, like, knuckle up. Let's totally. go. Well, I mean, in the United States, too, like, if you look at just, like, Broadway, so Broadway got billions of dollars of government support. That's why it stayed open. Yeah. I mean, they're having fucking... It's basically a... 
Should I say this? Yeah, again, nothing to lose. I mean, there's a lot of COVID going around on Broadway. A lot of shows closing down for a few days, some of them closing down permanently. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know what the house sizes are like because they don't share that information anymore. But they're being like, the United States government really is funding Broadway yeah. with the idea that it's going to bring people back to New York because it's a city that relies so much on tourism to get asses and seats to keep people working, to keep it going. Mm. This this uh, this stuff has turned me into... Uh, I go to jams now, <laughs> and I play at jams. I used to always go to jams, but now I play at jams. Right. Just because I've been so starved for some sort of interaction. Yeah. And I think the fact that I can, like... I, like last year if you said that i i would go to the bistro jam almost every other weekend mm-hmm. and sit in to play yeah like that's crazy to like i'm like at the bistro yeah the, like that's crazy to me yeah and but here we are because here I'm we are starved you know and also like shout out ted for kind of making it cooler again yeah thank it's god least, for ted yeah i mean great music and stuff and but as soon as I walked in there the first time since Ted took over, I was like, oh, yeah, good. This, this is, is good. Yeah, this is what needed to happen. No, I mean, he's, I've only played there a couple of times and I've seen a couple of shows. I mean, I've been, you know, in isolation for a lot of this month. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward. I mean, you, you know, uh, Fraser Hollins is, uh, he's bringing Brian Blade there and John Coward and I forget, I think Joel Miller's playing sax in, uh, Maybe the end of March, March. I have the date wrong. Do you know Fraser? I don't. Base, uh, Montreal bass player. Uh, I do. I do. Yeah. 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 Really yeah. great yeah, bass yeah. player. Really fucking exactly great bass player. Yep. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I think it's. I, I might have the date wrong. So, uh, listeners, don't. This is not. This could be true or it could be not. I think it's like March twentieth or something. In the like, you know, they're bringing the shit. Yeah. Like, I know Johnny Bear was there a few months ago. Yeah, it was awesome. That I was bet. a Great show. Fuck. I don't remember what I was doing, but it couldn't have been as much fun as that. Um, um, you know, these places got to stay open. This is, this is really like, I mean, well, the transact's going to be back soon. Yeah. We don't know. Don't know. Don't care. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Can like, we explore that or? Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. I really do love it. Um, but I'm like, I started to realize like a, a little bit before the COVID shutdown, like mm-hmm. what use is a place like, like I can't play there unless someone with a monthly slot invites me to play there. Yeah. So at a certain point, I'm like, okay, what are we, what are we doing? Well, if you really want, okay, <laughs> we're going down this. So, I mean, yeah, you might edit this out. Maybe not. Maybe this will make it to the show. But I mean, I've always, I've always felt uh, trepidation there, perhaps. I've never felt like I belonged. I've always felt, uh, and maybe that's my own thing I'm bringing in there. I don't know. I, I feel a similar... I always feel like I'm sort of greeted. I'm not greeted. I feel like, like, like I just feel like I don't belong there. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. I feel like maybe I'm not out enough or I don't know the right people or I don't know the right scene or I just, it, it could be my own inferiority complex, but I don't feel like I've never felt super welcome there. That doesn't mean it's an unwelcoming place, but I just know that 
this is as diplomatic as I could possibly be on your podcast. I don't feel like I'm a good fit for the trip. <laughs> That's what they say now, right? It's yeah. not a good fit. Yeah. And I, and I, um, it does sound great though. That room, the Southern cross. Room. Oh, that's like we need someone needs to measure that and yeah and it doesn't make sense it. there's so many fucking 90 degree angles why does that room sound good doesn't make sense great great room to play yeah and i hope i get to play there more but we all hope we get to play more <laughs> at the transac hotel the, the, uh I, I yeah i mean i shouldn't talk too much shit about it because i do like it but i uh it's, a, it's just a weird you'd think that that wouldn't be sustainable but i don't know how it works i don't understand the economics yeah. of that place at all but um what happened uh, chuni waved at me and knocked a glass out of the but i think you all right i think everything's okay yeah um it's funny i'm surprised to hear you say to echo a sentiment I have about the Transact, because I feel like you and I exist in different worlds within the same world. And so I would have anticipated you to say, it's the greatest place on earth. And so I'm, I'm just a little bit taken yeah. aback right now. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's that thing, like even before I could play here, I, I walked into this place and I was like, Oh, this is my place. Oh, this is, yeah. You know, and that's never happened at the Transac. Yeah. Um, like, one of my first times here, the door person, like, spiked a handful of change on a table next to me. And I was like, this is my place. Yeah. Um, I just don't, yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing over there. Like, the some nights you get bluegrass some nights you get nick fraser and lena yeah sometimes you get that weird tap dancer jam and none of them i guess with the exception of like the nick lena andrew downing crew mm -hmm. i don't feel particularly welcome there you know the I've, I've said this to yeah. bill smith i'm like because we've talked about we've talked about this feeling of being welcome at places because there are, there are places where he does not feel welcome that's not for me to share it's that's his story yeah. but like yeah i've never felt i've felt i just don't feel welcome there and i don't know what yeah. it is i don't know if it's an energy i'm bringing in because i certainly like hearing music there it just yeah. sounds so good and it can get it could sound so quiet yeah and where else can i play a solo bass show exactly and you can actually, yeah, and be truly acoustic, yeah, and get it across, yeah. But yeah, there's something. I don't know what it is. It's probably my own insecurity. I mean, I don't know what it is. But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's a certain, there's also a certain band that plays that room that doesn't, or a certain type of band that can't really play anywhere else. And deserves like way more recognition, I think. Like, like, the, like, between Lena's band and Brody's band, mm -hmm. they have their place to play there. 
yeah. and that's great. And I can go see them basically whenever I want. Mm. And they're also the kind of band that like people ask me about them when I go somewhere else, like, right. And they can only play in that weird place that, that I guess it's this, the whole arts conversation again Yeah. and where we're going and what we're doing. But so I'm happy that it exists for sure. Cause it's a corner of the music world that we don't get to experience a lot, but right. I also don't know. Like, and, and it's also another selfish thing of me to go like, well, why would I go there? I can't play there. But right. at a certain point it gets kind of exhausted. It, oh, it, I know. it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm, and I'm still, I'm still a rookie, you know, like I've, I've only been doing this for 15 or 16 years in comparison to the people in the city. Like sure. they've been doing it longer than I've been alive, but I'm still kind of getting to the point where I'm going like, I can't play anywhere. Right. Like. I can only play the place that I work. Yeah. What are we... What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's that thing in, 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 in music and maybe all performing arts. I guess what the kids call it now are like gatekeepers. And so that's the language, the, the common nomenclature, I suppose. Yeah. But like that idea that like you, you need to be vouched for to get in somewhere. Which is now thought of as an inherently negative thing. I don't know if I think it's positive or negative. Yeah, I don't know either. I just like, I actually don't know. Like yeah. when I go back and forth in my head, it's like, well, I can see that it's definitely something to be said for that. You can't just be running around doing any old thing. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Right. That's, that's also true, you like, know, but, but then who gets to decide? I don't know, man. Yeah. This is why I don't think I have the fortitude. I don't know to do this yeah. anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we're at the point where I, I, I'm going like, all right, if a venue emails me back, it's a win. Right. <laughs> that, and that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Um, I had my first like. So, I had my first sideman thing lined up in, in like so many years, even pre-COVID. Um, I was going to do the bistro with a bud from New York. It's going to be mid-January. Got, <laughs> didn't, that didn't go so well. Yeah. Uh, but I was excited to even get in there. But whatever. Yeah. Shit happens. It certainly does. I was yeah. explaining to someone the other day uh, they asked me what I was going to do with my record, and I said, I don't really know. And they they were talking about playlists and stuff and, and all this shit. And then I kind of realized, like, like Downbeat, Downbeat's given Rising Star Awards to people in their 50s. Oh, I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> so I'm going, okay, I'm 30. I, I guess I can be patient yeah. or something. I'm, not that I'm shooting for a Rising Star Award, but, like, if I got to wait till I'm 50 to get a little bit more recognition or something. And I guess that's how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. The, the early signs of, uh, of andropause or the, that's how you know that you're, you're, you become a, you're old enough to be a rising star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it's crazy. It's, um, but th there's a tell in there, right? Like, I mean, if the new reality dictates that like, it's, you can't, 
to be established in any meaningful way. Well, not okay. Meaningful is the wrong word. In any way where the masses are going to consume your music, it's yeah. like to do that before thirty. It's a virtual impossibility. It, it's it's so. Yeah, I don't even want the masses to enjoy like. I just want a couple more gigs, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) um, speaking of this, actually, have you, have you checked out any Emmanuel Wilkins at all? You know, um, yes, his, uh, his late, is it his latest record with, uh, with Derek Johns on bass? Is that? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, um, it's not Derek though. Uh, Daryl, Daryl Jones. Daryl. Daryl Johns, right. I don't know why I was saying Derek, but Daryl Johns. Yeah, because you know why? Because I think when I say Daryl Johns, I think I'm going to say Daryl Jones, who's the session, great session yeah. bass player, Miles Davis, Rolling Stones. Yes, I have checked out Emmanuel Wilkins. Those kids can Those play. kids can fucking play. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that's the thing. And then you listen to that. I hear Daryl Jones, Darren John. No. Daryl Johns. Daryl Johns. Yeah. Daryl Johns. Yeah. Jesus, that's embarrassing. Um, so have you have you checked him out? Like, you know, like, so he's like, he's also like an indie rock, like yeah. super glam. But he's also, when he was a kid, he was like kind of groomed for straight ahead jazz royalty. Yeah. Like, he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He was at, he was at, uh. You can't say the name, right? <laughs> uh, I guess I got to cut it out. He was when I was at. Okay. So we were kind of around each other a little bit. Yeah. Um, just a beast. Yeah. Just a f- animal. Is he cool? Tell me he's cool. Well, I, I, don't, guess he I don't really know oh, okay. him enough, honestly. Um, he's definitely, ex- definitely he's out there. I believe that. He's fucking out there. Yeah. Uh, but... That's all I really know. Yeah. Of a player. There's like that video of him. I think he's like 15 playing giant steps for his Grammy band. Oh yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Just a monster. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hear that. And it's like, there's the fire. It's like, got to keep the fire, man. As as the great Kenny Loggins said, (laughs) you got to keep the fire. But like, yeah. And it's so like, again, like, you know, I'm coming here, I'm talking to you after being inspired by your record and Julian's record to Dan. Like, all you guys are younger than me, right? Like, let's say not by much, but, you know, those who know, know it's, uh, it's by a fair bit. I don't think it's that much. It, it's more than... I'm 41 now, so it's like, I, I still think of you and I as the same age, but then you're like, oh, I'm 32. I'm like, oh, fuck. But that's, but not, <laughs> even ten, that's not even 10 years. Well, I know, and I know that in 10 years we're going to be the same age, because yeah. that's how it works. Right. But like... But yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, when I hear young people doing shit, it's like, holy fuck. It's the fire, man. You keep the fire. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I think it's, uh, I think we're all just so desperate. Yeah. I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, especially Dan and Julian, because they, they work a hell of a lot more than I do. So I don't want to say that they're desperate but i think there's like a there's an element of we got to do something yeah you know so I, I don't know no i think it's amazing like i i really do and i'm like i really wish i really wish i could make things happen instead of just waiting them waiting for them to happen to me you know what i mean that's that's sort of my fatal flaw in covid uh 
really brings out the worst <laughs> of that for me because there's nothing happening. So there's, 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 I mean, like Allison, we're, we're doing a record next month. So I'm excited about Allison that. Al. Allison Al. Yeah. Like it's her big migration suite that we premiered January, 2020 when the world was our oyster and then, you know, everything sort of went to shit. So I'm excited about that, but like, I, I don't really have, now would be the perfect time for me to get off my ass and do something. But you know, I don't know, man. Mario Odyssey is pretty. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven. I don't know. They 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 beckon, and I I answer the call. You know, so like. Uh, uh, you should do it. You should do. Oh, yeah, I should do anything. Just get off my fat ass. And <laughs> um, are you, are you, um, like, are you strictly? Th- thinking solo record or are you just thinking record in general after listening to those three in close contact with each other i'm i am thinking solo but the more i'm i don't know if i really have it in me to put out anything of quality so i think i might need to sort of hide behind a band but then the problem i run into like i'm not good at writing in the in the sense that like i might be good at writing but i'm not good at the process of writing Mm -hmm. of like creating something and sticking to it after it's out there. Yeah. It's like, cause I feel like the skills that I've developed that I've worked so hard to develop. Well, I haven't worked that hard. I mean, I know people cutting meat and laying brick, working hard. I'm playing the bass. It's not hard. I, but like, I think it's hard. It's harder than, <laughs> look, it's harder than playing the fucking guitar, but like, but, um, <laughs> right. You know what? Are you, um, but I mean, I feel like the skills that I, that I sort of cultivated, don't translate well to writing something down and being able to sit with it. You know what I mean? Cause I'm always sort of moving on to the next thing and I'm not able to sort of sit with something I've created and sort of see it for what it is and then nurture it. Which is why I'm a terrible parent. No, that's ter- terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible joke for the listeners at home or is it? Um, yeah, it's, I, I just have a real hard time. I have a hard time enjoying anything that I've made. And that's right. definitely not your problem. That's for my therapist. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's an interesting problem. Like like uh, I the the episode that I posted today, we I did a podcast with my band from my first record, and we did we had the producer on and the two other guys in the trio, and we basically just we talked about this record like it was Thriller. Right. Like, we're, we're like, I can't believe we made this and we're still so excited about it. Right. So I don't, I don't, and I don't know how I got there. Like, right. I, I hate most things that I do most of the time. Right. And then suddenly I get glimpses of, oh, this record's done and I really like it. Yeah. That's, that's fun. But I don't know how that, like, I don't know how I got here. Yeah. That's like, I, I wish I, I wish I had that skill or that I knew how to cultivate it. Cause like, yeah. I hear the same things that everybody else hears was like, you just got to do it. And you know, working with Allison too, it's like, you, are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to actually go soon in about 10. Holy shit. Did, wow. This is a long one, man. Here we go. Um, Oh, geez. But, uh, you know, working with Allison 
and like and Emily Claire Barlow and like you know very different and Amanda Tosoff they're all so different in what they do but they're able to create something and see it through you know what I mean mm. like and Allison she'll like the way we did those her first three records it, like it was a band she's completely vulnerable coming in with a new thing and we would just have our way with it and rearrange it change it around mm. this is actually this those this is the solo no this thing that is that you wrote just no and she's just like cool guys but she believed in the seed enough to see it through to completion and she's mm. always done that amanda's the same way amanda and not in the same way of getting band input she's just like a workhorse and same with emily where they're just able to like start with nothing and then create like oh i'm gonna do an orchestral album i'm just gonna you know let's just arrange the whole thing and see what happens. It's like, oh, turns out it's really good. <laughs> turns out you can do that too. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. There's another skill you have, but like, yeah, I just, I wish I, I wish I had more of that, you know? Yeah. I find Allison to be incredibly inspiring. Just that like, uh, a wicked product. You can tell it's a band. You can tell she works her ass off. Yeah. Like, I, I think she should she should be teaching, like, there should be a band leader class at yeah. institutions, and I think she should be oh, yeah. a teacher. At, at, like, I, I just think that uh, it's just like the perfect storm Yeah, with her, I think. I'm just, like, trying to get one four-minute thing recorded. <laughs> I can't even get through that. And it's just me. I don't even have to deal with any logistics. I've got logic at home. I've got, I, I can't even do it. Like, you know. And she's looking at this long game. It's crazy. It's about the long game. It's about the long game. Um, you got You probably got to bounce. I should bounce uh, fairly soon because I got to do grocery shopping and then pick up my daughter. All right. Is that it? Is that how we're ending this? <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, before, before I let you uh, give a closing thought to the idiot listeners, I was just going to say that, like, um, again, without pressure putting pressure on you we all want a john maharaj solo <laughs> bass record all right well you know and it doesn't matter if it's 10 years from now tomorrow or like 30 years from now well it we're, might happen we're waiting on a solo record it, it might it might just be me playing the 30 samandal etudes uh, as best i can but uh I'm, um but thank you. No, no I, I, I shouldn't joke. You, you're, you're being sincere. So thank you for that. Um, and uh, it, it might happen. It also might not. I got to see. Uh, my head's just getting sort of s straightened out a little. You know, uh, the end of December and January, it was just a little bit like it was for everybody. Yeah. I'm not saying my experience was unique. My experience was just a reflection of everything that's happened in our community. But like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll get back on the horse and uh, try doing something, you know. Why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck else am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> but the, like the, uh, one of the, like you, you have the, uh, the ability to just like record a bunch of stuff and leave it and then like come back to it and check it out and pick through it. You know? You're right. The, you know what the flaw was with my, pro with my process yeah. thus far, like in the last week, has been I recorded it 
and I listened to it all and I'm like, fuck that. And then just deleted it. And then like the next day I'm like, oh, was there anything in there? Right. Like, that's was, the was that a thing? I, oh, yeah. I got to just leave it and then not listen to it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And something that's incredibly uh, like therapeutic is maybe the wrong word, but I turn on my video camera on my phone and I just start warming up before I yeah. practice and then I post it on Instagram. Yeah. And it's a way for me to just go, that's what that was. So when you do that, that's like your first notes of the day, like you're, you're practicing? Like Generally, that. yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's, and it's, uh, it's like, I find that if I put the camera on, I kind of snap into the zone quicker. It's like right. almost per- performance mode or, or something. It just kind of gets me. My problem is I can't, I can't produce results when I know people are watching. <laughs> Right. I clearly went into the wrong profession. <laughs> I'm just realizing this, like at this moment, <laughs> I really fucked up somewhere along the line. No, but, um, no, I, which I, I that's a good idea. I, I said this on a podcast recently. I think I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm onto something, Yeah. but I don't know, but I think it's something that I have to do on my own. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like I, I'm, Specifically on the electric bass, I feel like I'm finding stuff isn't the right word because it's all just regurgitated information. But there's an element of this is exciting for me, but I don't know if I can do it with people. Yeah. Because I don't think I have a grasp on the harmony and how it fits with people quite yet. But there's something there that I'm going like, oh, this is fun. That, yeah. Like I'm looking, I'm sorting through all this dumb shit that I've been studying for the last however many years. Yeah. And it's coming out in a, in a weird way that I, I'm not even sure if I like, yeah. but it's different than it's been coming out prior to these last year or so. Right. So, I, I mean, I don't even, again, I don't know how I even got to this point. What, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but. No, it's fascinating. It, it, like, truly, it's, um, I'm always intrigued by hearing other people's process because, I mean, I've been doing the same thing 25 years, you know, and, um, I need to shake it up. Like just the past week or two weeks or whatever is of just being like a playing open with no agenda. Like usually I'm very left brain, so my practice is very goal oriented, tangible, on the grid. Yeah. And I'm terrified of letting that go. Even though nobody's expecting me to do that, especially right now. Nobody expects me to be anything. Nobody gives a fuck about me, which is great. You know what I mean? That's it's awesome. It's the only way to create. Yeah. Is to just embrace the fact that nobody nobody actually gives a shit, which is great. But I'm just having a hard time letting the letting go of the idea of needing to live on the, I, I'm so caught up in, in honoring the past that I don't see a future because there's so much of the past that I'm so into. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not in a dogmatic, oh, the tradition sort of way, but not unlike that. And, and so I have a hard time taking a step out of that especially practice time because you know my now my practice it's not like 
before, like having a child, especially when she was home all the time, like for that first year and a half when I was like homeschooling her, it's like there was no, no me time really, except what I could carve out. That's fine. Yeah. You do what you got to do, right? It's a fucking pandemic. You got a kid. You got somebody's got a teacher. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just so fascinated that like hearing what you play and what you put up, but in the context of those are your first notes of the day is really eye opening for me. Because that's a complete opposite of how I start. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. That's why I keep doing it. But, um, yeah, I don't... Have you ever... And that's and that's it, I guess. Is that it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it seemed like a nice place to cut. Uh, um, yeah, I got some, I got some thoughts, but probably. Nothing. I'll hear your thoughts. We're here. What you, if, it's, if it doesn't transfer, you just edit it out. Kind of lost my. Uh, Practice first notes of the day. That's. Uh, oh yeah, have you ever, have you considered like just getting together with people and and just playing open free? Do you ever do that? I have. I've dabbled. Yeah. I, you know what? I just don't feel like I can be honest in that medium. Right. I feel like if I do that, I'm trying to be something I'm not. But then even with that thought process, there's a fine line between, are you trying to be something you're not, or are you just trying to grow? And I don't know which, mm. where I wind up on that. And then the pro, the fact that I'm saying this out loud shows you all the fucking chatter that that's constantly going on which explains why there is no solo record as of yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not all destructive, but it's not all healthy either. I th yeah, but it's like, I think unhealthy and destructive is important as anything else. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not super into this idea of you should always feel good about yourself. I think feeling good about yourself has a place. Yeah. But sometimes you should feel bad about yourself. I think that's... There's value in that. It's yeah. ebb and flow, right? Yeah. Ebb and flow. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the name of my solo record is going to be ebb and flow. Um, I know we just kind of joked about this for the last hour, but do you, do you have any gigs? No. Uh, I mean, well, that's not true. I'm supposed to be playing with Trevor Hogg in, um, at the Emmett Ray. Let me check the date. Right. This is how shitty a podcast guest I, I, I again, I mean, I, I, I don't feel bad because I feel like. And just like that, we ran out of batteries. Thanks for listening, pals. Bye. Bye.